Grab your Bibles if you have them. Turn over to Revelation chapter 3, where we're going to be today. Revelation chapter 3, and man, it's an exciting, exciting day. I'm going to tell you kind of what I'm going to do right up front. There's invitation cards in the back. I'd encourage you guys to get some, a handful of them, to invite people to Easter. It's a time where a lot of people are willing to come to church, and we want to invite them to come join us at Wagner Noel Performing Arts Center here in a couple weeks, and we'd love for you to grab a handful of those and take them. Today, I want to talk a little bit about that, unashamedly. So uh, the title of today's message is The Power of Invitation. The power of invitation, here in just a moment, will be in Revelation 3. Here is the bottom line of the truth. One invitation can change everything. Let's say that together. One invitation can change everything. It absolutely can change everything. I remember in college, I was uh, working, I was going to school, and I was uh, volunteering at our church. And I, I worked about 30, 40 hours a week sometimes. I went to school full time and was volunteering at the church. And I got an invitation. And the invitation that I got was to go to this other church to help them with what they call the Disciple Now Weekend. Some of you grew up in the church know it's kind of a special weekend where to youth or learn how to, to follow Jesus. It's exciting for them. It's a great time. And, uh, you know, I was really busy and had pretty much every excuse in the book not to, but I just felt like I was supposed to. I felt like this was something I was supposed to do. So the invitation was extended, and I accepted the invitation, and I went. And I went to this weekend to lead these group of teenagers, and I'm so glad I accepted this invitation because it was there that I met Kayla Denise Eady for the first time. Yeah, woo. And it was within about a year, year and a half, that I issued an invitation to Kayla Denise Eady to be my wife. And she accepted that invitation graciously, and I'm so thankful. How many of you know one invitation can change your life? Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I got to baptize my twins today, and I just thinking about if I wouldn't have accepted that invitation, what would happen? What kids would I have? What crazy girl would have married me if Kayla didn't? You know, things like that. Uh, one invitation can absolutely change everything. As a matter of fact, let me just share with you and kind of appeal to you that not only does one invitation change everything, the Bible continuously throughout reminds us that one invitation makes an incredible difference. We see Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 uh, talking to a couple guys, uh, uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and, and he sees them fishing, and he yells out to them, he invites them, hey, why don't you come follow me? Drop what you're doing. Come follow me. The invitation is extended. And Matthew and Peter, they drop, uh, Peter and Andrew, they drop what they're doing. They drop it immediately and they go and they accept his invitation. They begin to follow Jesus. One verse later in verse 20, you see he's calling two other brothers, John and James. And he calls John and James and he says, hey, come follow me. And he tells them all, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You won't fish for fish anymore. You're going to come and make a difference in men's lives, in women's lives. Come, forget the fish. Come and follow me. And they dropped everything and they followed Jesus just at his invitation. We see another amazing story when Philip... Philip meets Jesus and he hears all of what Jesus is doing and he sees what Jesus is doing. He is so sure that Jesus is the one they've read about. He's the one that's been promised. He was going to be the Messiah. He knew it. He came to tell Nathaniel. 
And he tells Nathaniel, Nathaniel, come. You've got to see Jesus. And he begins to tell him. And Nathaniel's kind of a skeptic. You know, some skeptics. You, some of you might be skeptics, okay? Uh, he's kind of like, you know, you know, Jesus, like from Kermit Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like little bitty town, Nazareth. Nazareth is like, like that's kind of small little place. And Jesus, the Messiah is going to come from there. It didn't make sense. But, but listen to what Philip said. Philip said, listen. Come and see for yourself. Didn't try to explain it. Just said, invited him. Why don't you come? Come and meet Jesus. Come and see what he does. Come and see what he'll do in your life. He didn't try to figure it all out for him or argue with him. He just said, come and see for yourself. He invited and eventually Nathaniel responded to his invitation. Jesus in John chapter four meets this woman and she's at a well. There they are at this well. Uh, the disciples went in town to get some food, but here she and he is at this well, and they strike up this theological conversation, and it begins to turn personal, and Jesus, through a word of knowledge, begins to talk about her past and all the things that had happened in her past, and she is amazed. The disciples come back from the city, and they see her, him talking to this woman, and they wonder what's going on. All of a sudden, she leaves. And then a moment later, she comes back and all the people from the city are following this woman that previously had been talking to Jesus. What happened? What made all these people from this town come all the way out to this well to meet a man they've never met before? On the word of a woman who was morally questionable at best. In verse 29 of John 4, it reminds us, says, when she went to the city, she said, come meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. She, she said, come and meet Jesus. She issued an invitation. Come and meet this man. Come and meet him. And they came. And their lives were never the same. Jesus is invited to a house that happens to be Peter's family's house. Peter, Peter's mother-in-law is sick and in bed. In that day, uh, a cold could lead to pneumonia, could lead to death. I mean, just any kind of sickness could be your, your end. And here Jesus touches her. And with one touch of Jesus on entering by invitation of the family into that home, she raises up, healed. Peter's life, family's life, her life, never the same. <laughs> the story in Luke chapter 8 of Jairus Jairus uh, comes to Jesus and he invites Jesus to his home. Jesus, you've got to come to my home. Please get to my home. If you don't come, my daughter's going to die. Jesus agrees to go. And while en route to the home, they get word from a messenger from Jairus' house that the girl is dead. Many people say, hey, you know, don't worry about it. I get she's already dead. The damage is done. But Jairus still wanted him to come. Please come. And Jesus says, nope, she's only sleeping. Let's go. So Jesus, upon the invitation of the man of that home, walks into that home, and he touches this lifeless hand, and life comes into it. She's alive. With one invitation, Jairus' family, his life and his daughter's life is absolutely different. You see, when Jesus is invited and you invite others to Jesus, when Jesus comes in, he can do miracles. He can do miracles with hearts. He can change hearts in a moment. He can change lives in a moment. He does it all throughout scripture and he does it still today. But when, when Jesus comes in 
There's evidence of life change. When he's invited into someone's life, there's change. When he's invited into someone's marriage, that marriage has changed. When he's invited into someone's finances, their finances are changed. When he's invited into someone's workplace and business, that business can absolutely be changed and transformed. Why? Because when Jesus comes in, miracles happen. He takes the ordinary and he does extraordinary with it. He takes the broken and he mends it together and he begins to piece it together. This is what Jesus does upon the invitation. And you know, as I think about this idea of invitation, a theme all throughout scripture, I can't help but go back to this statistic that's just, you can't get away from it, it's just true. The number one reason anyone goes to church is because they were invited. People don't just sit there while watching the uh, morning news shows go, you know what, I think I'll drive out to mid-cities today. Oftentimes, they don't just drive by and go, well, you know, I'm not doing anything here at 8.45 in the morning. I think I'll swing in. You know what they do? Somebody from work cares enough. Somebody in the neighborhood cares enough. A family member cares enough to say, hey, why don't you go to church with me? And so they come. And this is a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to invite people. There is power in an invitation because we, we have this idea that nobody wants to be bothered, that nobody really, nobody really wants to come, nobody really wants to hear, nobody wants to experience God. But the truth of the matter is we live in an, and exist in a, in a world that's hurt and broken. They, they, they desire, they need more of God and, they want to experience him. They just don't know how many times. And invitations are so powerful. But here's another statistic that's true. The number one reason people respond to the gospel is people inviting them to meet Jesus and respond. Listen, the number one way people respond to the gospel is not TV. It's not some televangelist on the show. It's not a, a, new, a station. It's not a program. It's not a podcast. Still, the number one reason anyone responds to the invitation of Jesus Christ is when someone invites them to meet Jesus, just like we see in Scripture. It would make a whole bunch more sense to me, and I've shared it before, if Jesus just appeared to everyone in the bathroom every morning, wouldn't it? You know, you like getting showered up, brushing your teeth, and boom, Jesus shows up. Hey, what's up? It's good to see you today, you know? For some reason, I have a feeling they're going to believe the Son of God who shows up in a miraculous way, maybe a little more than me. But God decided not to do that this way. He decided in his infinite wisdom and creativity to use men and women who are following Jesus to share and invite them to meet him. It's, it's, that's what our, one of our responsibilities is, is to know him and to make him known. To say, hey, why don't you come to meet this God that I love and know, who knows my needs, who, who meets all of my needs according to my riches and, his riches and glory, who loves me, who's walked with me through difficult times and wonderful times. To make that invitation, that's how God's chosen to do it. And it still is the number one reason people respond to the gospel today. And you understand this, you know this when you think about it down deep because you were invited too. If you're a follower of Jesus today, somebody invited you. Somebody said, hey, why don't you come meet Jesus? Maybe it was a grandmother, maybe it was a mother, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a pastor or a preacher or a friend or a neighbor. They invited you to come meet Jesus to hear of his grace and the forgiveness that he gives. They invited you to listen to what God had done in their own life and they invited you maybe to church to hear the truth 
And that invitation absolutely changed everything. I could get person after person up here just to testify and share. Yes, someone invited me. My grandmother invited me. My father invited me. My mother invited me. My, my, my friend invited me in to meet Jesus. And man, my life has changed. My, my whole family's changed. My, my uh, purpose in future has changed. My shame and my guilt that I felt and weighed me down, it's absolutely changed. My attitude has changed. They could go over and over again on the invitation they received in meeting Jesus. And this is such a powerful reminder for us because I believe that the, the same is true today, that God's called us to issue an invitation. And the invitation he's called us to issue is not just to church. Listen, I love it when you invite people to church. I invite people to church. I think you do. I think it's a great thing. But the church doesn't save anybody. Jesus does. I mean, I hope they come to church. And if they come to church, I hope they hear about Jesus and meet Jesus. And I still believe the church, the local church, is the primary catalyst for meeting Jesus. But I'm telling you, we're not winning people to mid-cities. There's other great churches in our community. We're winning Jesus Christ. They go somewhere else, that's awesome, that's wonderful. I just want them to meet Jesus, don't you? Yes. Meeting Jesus is really what matters and maybe what we need to invite people to is, yes, maybe church, but maybe we need to invite them over for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we need to invite them over to a conversation. Maybe just invite them over to know that we care about their lives and we're thinking about them and praying for them. Maybe we invite them to meet Jesus maybe for the very first time. And sometimes when you think about this, you go, oh, man, I'm a little scared to invite people. And listen, unashamedly, I think you should invite people to church. We're, we're have, we have all these cards. They'll be available in the foyer for you to grab and invite. I hope you take advantage of that, whether you're in first grade. We've got all our first through sixth graders in with us today, so pumped about that. And listen, whether you're first grade, you're, you're married, you're single, uh, you're retired, it doesn't matter where you're at in life, hope you'll invite somebody, but invite them to a relationship with Jesus. Invite them into your relationship, into your life. Invite them to church. W wonderful places to invite them. And sometimes you don't because, listen, we don't because we think, we, we, we don't because we think that everybody's got it all figured out. And we're, we think we're, we're just kind of doing it our, our, our own self. But here's the deal. When God empowers us and urges us by his spirit to invite someone to meet him or invite someone to church. He's working on the other side. Look at Revelation chapter three, briefly. Revelation chapter three. And here in a second, we're going to close in some worship just briefly. We're gonna praise God and celebrate who he is. Revelation chapter three in the church to Laodicea, uh, letter to Laodicea, it says this in verse 20. This is the word, these are the words of Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. This is a wonderful thing, the words of Jesus. He stands at the door and he knocks and he knocks on the door of our heart. And anytime you read about relation, uh, food in the Bible, it's always about relationship. If you've ever been to the Middle East, it's always about relationship. I've been to the Middle East. It's a wonderful place where, with tons of hospitality and a lot of food. Everywhere you go, you walk in, they're like, oh, let's eat. It's three in the afternoon. No, let's eat. You're here. Let's eat together. You go to another place at four, you know, an hour later. Let's eat. Let's have something to drink. Here's some coffee and tea. Oh, and you're like, well, I'm already full. No, 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 no. Eat. That's why I love the Middle East so much. <laughs> it's a wonderful place. 
When Jesus is talking about food, he's talking about relationship. He doesn't just want to be your ticket to heaven. He doesn't want to be the person you visit on Sundays. He wants to eat with you and drink with you and share life with you and hang out with you and him, you be with him. Does this make sense? And so listen, when you invite someone, or God is inviting you for that matter, it's helpful to know that on the other side of that invitation, God is knocking on people's hearts. He's knocking on the door of their hearts. He's inviting himself in. And maybe you're here this morning, and you need to know that you need a boldness to invite Invite, whether it's invite people to church or invite people to meet Jesus, invite people into your own life. You need a boldness to do that. I'm gonna pray for that here in a minute. There's many of you here today, I believe too, that God is knocking on the door of your heart. And the invitation he's issuing to you is, I'm here, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. Let me come in. Let me come in. And in one moment, if we accept his invitation, say, yes, Jesus, come. He will change your heart. He will change your life. Does that mean everything's going to be perfect? No. But you're going to be adopted into the family of God. You're his now. Acknowledge him as the Lord of your life, the king of your life. Receive his forgiveness and his grace, his mercy. So I want to do that. I want to pray. God, I pray right now for those of us today who need your boldness. We need your grace. We need your mercy. I just pray that we would be bold to invite. Invite our friends and our family workers, our co-workers, those that you put on our heart. Invite them to church. Invite them into a relationship with you. Invite them to meet Jesus. Share our story of what you've done in our own lives. Invite them, God. That's We know that we're to participate. It's not because... We get uh, earn points with you. It's because you've so desperately done amazing things in our own lives. You've done so much in my own life. I can't help but share. You can know God. So let us do that. Fill us with boldness. And God, I just pray for those that are here today that you're knocking on the door of your, their heart. You're, you're going after them. Lord, I just pray right now that they would acknowledge you as the Lord of their life, as you say in Scripture. They would confess with their mouth and their heart that you're Lord, that you lived and you died, you rose from the dead, and you're the Son of God. They believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. Father, in your Scripture says they're saved. God, I thank you for that. Thank you for those that by faith are inside their heart, even with their mouth, they're declaring, Jesus, your Lord, I accept your invitation. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for knocking on the door of my heart. Jesus, thank you for those who are responding today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said, amen. For more information, please visit us on the web at midcities.org.